the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is presented by The Athletic. This winter is shaping up to be an incredible time to be a sports fan, and there's no better place to get breaking news, real time commentary, and powerful stories than The Athletic, home to incredible storytelling, relentless reporting, and tons of analysis. The Athletic delivers everything you need on every sport that matters. Download the app, follow your favorite teams and leagues, and get a personalized feed of ad-free content that you simply cannot get anywhere else. Visit theathletic.com slash spottrack, S-P-O-T-R-A-C, for 40% off your first year subscription today. My name is Mike Gennetti. Happy Thursday morning. I'm going to quickly get to some baseball here. Kind of a sneaky, busy day for baseball. Um, when, when December 1st rolls around, the owners kind of convene. The arbitration situation starts to ramp up and, you know, dozens of players try to try to keep away from the arbitration court system. So we saw a lot of players avoid arbitration yesterday on pretty basic deals, you know, one-year deals. A couple of free agent signings, a couple of trades, one I want to talk about, uh, you know, but the, uh, the news of the day from, from Major League Baseball are the non-tenders. So these are arbitration eligible players that the team decided, you know what, the number, uh, the price tag for you is looking too high for us or simply you're not a good fit for us anymore. So it's just a non-tender. Basically, we're not going to offer you a contract. You're going to be a free agent now immediately. So our free agent list got quite a bit bigger yesterday with a couple of notable names. So I'm going to start there. And just as a bit of an agenda here today, quick baseball discussion. I'm going to bring in Scott Allen. We're going to talk. What else is there to talk about? I mean, I tweeted it out yesterday. You know, the NFL has a random Wednesday division rival game thinking that's going to be the big news story. <laughs> and by the end of the day, the NBA had a gigantic extension from their most important player and a blockbuster $80 million trade. So we'll get there for sure. We'll bring in Scott in a couple of minutes to talk about that and kind of understand what that means for the Lakers going forward and Houston and, you know, Things we've been mentioning, but now it's starting to become a little bit more real. So we'll talk to Scott about that in a second. Non-tenders in Major League Baseball. Buster only did a great piece this morning kind of laying out the big names. You know, you're going to see a lot of this across the sports world today. It's, uh, it's always an interesting time of year because you kind of understand where teams stand with certain players. So these are the players we've been hearing on the trade block now for quite some time. And... Uh, you know, if you can't find a legitimate partner with value, then we get here. We get just an outright basically release out of your current control. For a lot of these players, this doesn't mean they're going to switch franchises, find themselves a ton of money, and, you know, go down in history. This is sort of a, uh, a reset button for a lot of these players. For instance, Kyle Schwarber. Many thought this was going to come. I know there's big names looking at him. Cleveland the Yankees, um, teams that could use an outfield slash possibly first base slash definitely DH. I, I think this is going to be a prove-it year. And we see this in the NFL more and more now, where these veteran players who get released because of being a cap casualty, something we talk about quite a lot this time of year, end up taking smaller deals, four, five, six, seven million dollar deals with good teams, contender teams. Get yourself back in the limelight. Get yourself back on you know, social media feeds, rebuild your value both on the field and in social worlds, and then you can cash in. We saw this, This, I mean, Tyron Matthew was the the poster boy for this. 
went to Houston on a small deal, fully guaranteed, and ended up turning that into a massive deal with the Kansas City Chiefs, won himself a Super Bowl, and he's on track to do that again. And, oh, by the way, probably will get extended again there. So that's sort of, it, it works. Buy on yourself, bet on yourself, and see what happens. So this, this can be a positive, but generally it doesn't turn into immediate big money. That's the point I want to make here. So Kyle Schwarber, if he joins the Yankees, it's going to be fairly cheap because he's essentially a carbon copy of John Carl Stanton, who is making you know $25 million a year right now for the Yankees organization. So you know they're just not in a position to throw big money at Schwarber. They may have to you know, go a little bit higher than the Indians offer, go a little bit higher than the Angels offer, whatever it's going to be. But I assume that he's hitting the reset button. Same, I would say, goes for a couple of these other players. I mean, we saw Eddie Rosario fall by the wayside in Minnesota. That's really just about salary. Rosario had a, you know, he had an okay season, but his past four seasons, as Buster notes here, pretty darn good. 281 average, 96 home runs. You know, he had 13 in 2020 alone in a small season last year. But, you know, that price tag was approaching $10 million. And when these small market teams, not that Minnesota is crazy small, but they're certainly one of the smaller teams, that's a that's kind of the, the floor. That's why Blake Snell is on our trade candidate list. And oh, by the way, we're starting to hear rumors about that. You know, the second his salary eclipsed the $10 million mark, anyone in Tampa Bay is on the clock, in my opinion. So we're seeing Minnesota kind of follow suit here. $9.5 million projection for Eddie Rosario in terms of arbitration. That wasn't going to work. Now, that doesn't mean Minnesota's not going to try like heck to bring him back, maybe at six or seven, but there's going to be teams that can push out for that money. The point is, Adam Duvall, Eddie Rosario, Kyle Schwarber, Nomar Mazzara, right? These kind of uh, nice players. David Dahl, boy, what a bust in Colorado. They wouldn't even take a $2.5 million salary for David Dahl. Incredible. Um you know, but these these power hitters or these arms, you know, Archie Bradley, a couple of relief pitchers who fell by the wayside here. They're going to be looking for the best fit to get themselves back on the spotlight. You know, and, and, and oh, by the way, if a bad team, if Baltimore comes in and says, eh, we'll pay you $7 million, you take that, right? I'm not, I'm not being ridiculous here. If somebody offers you silly money, you go play baseball there for silly money, but you know, generally the speak, you know, the name of the game here is best fit in terms of being a contender or at least having the biggest role with also getting a nice payday. Baseball's weird right now. It, it, it's kind of freaking me out a little bit. It is, we are all sort of collectively trending towards Moneyball. I mean, the Los Angeles Angels, who I want to focus on here a little bit, cut basically <laughs> their entire bullpen today. And I'm not, I'm not even saying that's the wrong move because I have preached to the heavens here that they need to address their pitching staff pretty much as a whole. So this is probably a good start. The problem I'm having here is you've got teams releasing, non-tendering, you know, designating for assignment because of a $3 million salary, meaning they think they can get them back at one and a half or even two, maybe even less. That's that kind of nickel and diming means either a the owners slash front offices know how much power they have over these players right now, or b it's worse than that, and they are demanding this. They they absolutely need this because the finances of this of this baseball structure are that bad right now. 
that they absolutely can't go an extra million and a half on a seventh inning guy or an extra two million on a starting pitcher. I mean, Mike Miner got eighteen million dollars guaranteed from Kansas City, and and it it kind of felt weird to me. It was like, whoa, that's way too much money for him. And then I'm thinking, wait a minute, that's nine million for a starting pitcher, a thirty three year old starting pitcher. That's the deal right now. I mean, that is that is kind of the big free agent deal right now. Trevor May, the relief pitcher who's going to be the seventh inning guy for a kind of loaded Mets bullpen, got seven seven five a year. That's fine. I mean, that's a little high, but in retrospect, you know, you've got Kim, the Kimbrels, even the Zach Brittons of the world, you know, more a non-closer making 14, 15 million a year. You know, that's kind of the, the high bar for the relief pitcher right now in terms of your shutdown closers. So we're seeing, and oh, by the way, you know, Mike Miner at 9 million, Garrett Cole signed, what, 34 million last year? So that's the starting pitcher bar. It's getting a little, uh, it's trending more towards the NFL here where the rookies dominate, but the rookies are dirt cheap. And unless you have, you're an anomaly, right? The Bryce Harpers, the Manny Machados, who go way big, then we're sort of falling in this world. Getting to free agency is kind of like the Death Star right now, right? It's kind of like a, a black hole. And you get spun around, and maybe there's three or four teams that take a look at you. But at the end of the day, I don't know where we're going we're gonna to see major numbers. George Springer should get a good price. Um. But other than that, I'm concerned for what we're seeing. Let's put it that way. I'm concerned that it's going to be a bunch of one-year deals, really tempered in terms of the salary, and who knows after that. We'll see. Maybe somebody surprises me. You know, I know Trevor Bowers eyeing a one-year deal, but that's where these non-tender players are headed. There's no question about it. Some surprises for me. I'm surprised Chris Bryant is still on the Cubs. I don't imagine he'll be there for opening day. So that is certainly a name to watch. I know the Nationals are in. I know maybe a team like the Braves are in, maybe the Mets. <laughs> All right, let's just say the entire National League East is in. Um, the Angels acquired a shortstop, Jose Iglesias. The last time they acquired a shortstop, it was way more reckless. So I want to give them some credit here. They flipped two, two minor league players, one halfway decent prospect, to bring in Jose Iglesias on a $3.5 million expiring contract. He's going to be a solid defensive player. He's only 31. He's shown power at times. He's going to be a good contact hitter. The, the player I'm referring to, of course, is Andrelton Simmons, who they gave an absolute monster contract in free agency to get away from Atlanta. You know, And he was playing left field within a couple of years. I mean, it just, it went downhill so quickly. Those are the kind of moves they have to stop making. They did it to Justin Upton, then and they re-upped Justin Upton. They did it to Pujols, kind of in his twilight, the start of his twilight. You know, they certainly did it with Rendon, who's still only 31, but I don't know, can he hold up at the, at the crazy price they gave him? They're, they're expensive. They're too expensive on the top to be this bad in the standings. So when I hear that they just cut four pitchers yesterday because they didn't want to go four million on Hansel Robles or whatever, whatever, I don't have it in front of me, but you know, you know what I'm saying? They're nickel and diming some 
average players. That's the right approach. So for this new front office that just got in there, this is the right approach. Clean where you can clean. You're not going to move Justin Upton right now. Not going to happen. You know, you're going to take that $23 million. Maybe that's a deadline move you can make. But you're going to try to get some production out of him at 33 years old right now. Fine. There's a move coming. Whether it's Joe, you know, Joe Adele, whether it's one of these prospect outfielders that they've kind of have stocked up here. There's, there's going to be a move, and I hope it's Blake Snell. I've had some internal discussions about this. Th- that's the move I want to make. I want Blake Snell, you know, and that really nice salary. It's not $20 million. It's not. It's 12 I mean, it's 12 to 14 over the next couple of years. There's term on that contract. So they're going to have to give up the Angels something significant to get Blake Snell out of Tampa. But that's the move you make. We got we to we take advantage of this Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon situation right now. Right now. And over the way, Otani's there too and could have a nice comeback here at $2.5 million, right? That's production. That's enough production. You need a legitimate ace. And I think Blake Snell's time in Tampa probably has run its course. He's been outstanding. He signed a value deal in a small market there. Let's, let's go to the bigger market. Let's help this team right now. And then that's a market that will pay you. If Blake Snell is worth a damn in two years, they will extend him at a very nice price. That's a market that has shown they will do that. It just makes sense. You know, don't overpay for Trevor Bauer right now. That's the wrong move for, for, Los An- for the Anaheim Angels. Let Trevor Bauer go to San Diego or the Nationals or one of these teams that maybe is better equipped to pay $35 million for Trevor Bauer on one year, two for 70, whatever it's going to be. But Blake Snell's contract-friendly with term on a team that has been successful but always teeters at that $10 million mark, like I mentioned. They're going to be at least listening, so blow them away. Give them two big prospects if you have to. Get that pitcher in. You got the bats. You just nickel and dimed yourself a little bit so that maybe you can go and get yourself another starting pitcher, you know, in the $10 to $11 million range on free, in the free agency. Do that and then make this move, okay? I, this has to happen. This would be good for baseball. You know, we want Mark, Mike Trout on a winning team. Blake Snell as the ace of this team helps, immediately helps, immediately. So that's my... Uh, Anaheim Angels, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, whatever the hell it is, it's too early for that. Um, that's my cry to them this morning. Other than that, it's a non-tender day. We, have, we do have the site updated with all those moves. We do still have arbitration estimates for the rest of the players who didn't avoid yesterday and or be non-tendered. So, you know, there's a handful of players still that are going to Try to get a deal done now before arbitration actually sets in, but then they'll go. You know, they're going to have a dozen, two dozen players go to the arbitration system and get a number pulled back. So it's going to get, that's why this winter offseason takes so darn long. There's just a lot to it. It's unfortunate. It's kind of bad for the game, but we will try to stay up on it as much as possible. And oh, by the way, there's probably a trade or two coming, a big one. We we're talked about, you know, we're about to sit down and talk here about a blockbuster in the NBA. You know, if and when Frankie Lindor leaves Cleveland, whether it's to the Mets or to the Padres or the Blue Jays, uh, it's going to be big. It's going to be many, many players, hopefully for Cleveland's sake, and probably a couple of prospects worth talking about. So that's to come. Is Nolan Arenado going to leave Colorado? That should draw some pretty good interest. And where does Chris Bryant end up? Because I don't believe he's long for the Chicago Cubs. 
especially now with kind of a newer front office setting it. You know, a guy who's got to make his mark. He has done that with non-tenders. Will he do that now with Chris Bryant on the trade market as well? And oh, by the way, Blake Snell, it's going to happen. I'm putting it out there at 7.30 Eastern Thursday morning. Blake Snell to the Angels. Let's get it done. It's good for baseball. Okay, real quick before I bring in Scott, I do have numbers for the Major League Baseball teams based on non-tenders. So how much money was saved, was cleared yesterday by non-tendering players? Um, this does not include any signings that happened to offset that. So this isn't a net value. This is just the the dollars, projected dollars saved per the non-tenders. As you might imagine, Cubs, Reds, Twins, White Sox kind of carry the way here. All of them north of $10 million saved. I got the Reds at about 13 3 the Cubs at about 13 saved, White Sox 10, 10.2, and the Twins at 11.1. So those are your big teams. You know, the the teams on this list all saved on average here $5 million, give or take. Those who decided to go out there, they were going for a free agent signing. That's what this is. We're going to remove some salary here, bring these players back at maybe half the cost realistically speaking, and maybe leave some space to go out and sign somebody in free agency. That's what this is all about. It's nickel and diming. It's good business for, for the most part, and I'm on board with a lot of the moves that were made yesterday, though I, I wish baseball would trade more. I'm just going to say that. I wish I, I wish you could trade a late, late draft pick to bring in Kyle Schwarber on a one-year deal. I think that's part of the game that's missing that they, they baseball needs more engagement right these off seasons are so drawn out and so lethargic you know trades matter trades are instant social impact instant you know and we're going to talk about a big one right now with scott but i just wanted to get those numbers out i will tweet this out in totality looks like about three three quarters of the league did place a non-tender yesterday so generally speaking your team is probably here and uh like i said cubs reds white Sox, twins biggest money saved from yesterday's moves. All right. Joined by Scott Allen. Scott, happy Thursday. Good timing. <laughs> uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, came on here to talk about obviously Russ and John Wall and LeBron. And we were hitting the face with a cup of coffee and an Anthony Davis max extension. I'm assuming it's a max extension or am I seeing that number and thinking otherwise? No, it, it's a max. It's just a max contract because he is a free agent. Just not. Right, because he opted out. Okay. Right. Um, So he locked in the full five years, which he could do with his current team. It's projected to be about 190. Is that right? It'll be, uh, yeah, just under uh, 190. It's like 189.9. So so let's start here. And I realize we're not starting with the trade, which is fine. Um, Where does this put LeBron and Anthony Davis contractually? Are they fairly lined up here now? From the sounds of it, Anthony Davis is going to have a uh, fifth-year early termination clause, which means he can opt out um, after that fourth year if he chooses to. Um, LeBron, he goes through 2022-23. AD would go through 2023-24. So they're a a year off from each other. But So AD um, will have to play with LeBron's son for a year? Is that right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
I mean, it, it, the the signing is interesting. I think 95% of the people, including myself, thought, and you, I think, as well, yeah. thought this was going to be a, a short-term deal so that he could re-up in um, it, when he gets to 10 years of service and, and get that 35%. But him and his camp must have calculated and, you know, sort of tried to read the tea leaves. And... Um, I think he's taking the 190 million guaranteed right now so that um, with, with the unknowns of the cap where that's going to go, you know, it, it yeah. is sort of fixated uh, as it tears up. But yeah, that's a point to make because because he's a free agent, you know, there's no there's no wiggle room with the numbers. His right. his it, max is based in. on this cap, which has already been set. We know exactly what it is. That's not the case with LeBron. Correct, Scott? No, LeBron, he, his values will be set in stone once um, uh, there's two tiers of, of thought that his contract could be, whether he's opting into the player option and it becoming uh, a plus one after that, so it's still a two-year, or <laughs> if it's a he does not use the player option and it's based on this year's salary where it's 105% of that. That's what I've put in because that's the majority of what everyone that I'm seeing is saying that it's going to be. So his values are actually locked in at 41.2 okay. and 44.5 for 2021 and, and 2022 season. So no, that's because the, he already had the player option to go off of. He he's signing as a veteran maximum uh, uh, veteran maximum extension so it's based because he's already over the maximum he can only go as far as 105 percent above his previous year's salary right so it has he's already over the cap so he has no uh no aspects based on 35 he's over the, the max limit already he's over the max salary yeah. so he's kind of on his own island i get you okay yep. All right, let's get to the big conversation with the Lakers here then. Um, I, I was asked this on Twitter yesterday. I, I kind of held off because I knew we'd be discussing it today. I wonder if there's articles out there that you've, you've read, if there's podcasts being talked about right now. What does this mean for Giannis? Because six months ago, Giannis going to the Lakers next season was the betting favorite. That's off now? That's it's off the books now. Yeah, you could probably say that uh, right now. I mean, they're projected to have zero cap space based on, um, you know, these two signings locking them uh, LeBron and AD up plus what they already have on the books. And, you know, if you renounce all their cap holds, they still are going to be relatively uh, close to over the cap as it is. So, if they if they Scott, were are they to, taxpayers now too. Um, let me check real quick. They will have a little bit of a, a tax payment that they will have to incur, and they are hard capped, which they have about four million in space, according to what I have right now. So, okay. um, it, right now they're uh, so this about is a big swing. One, this is a big move. I mean, this is. You know, we're going to put ourselves in kind of financial hell because we love this team so much. Well, th that and I, I think from, you know, LeBron and it, more so Anthony Davis, I think we're getting to a point where the contract salaries are so high that waiting till 35 percent 
of the cap is is peanuts to these guys at this point. He, he just wants to lock in and get that absolute guaranteed money now because in the next two, three, four years, we don't know where the cap is going to be. We don't know where the CBA is even going to be. You know, if, if for some reason there's a, a ton of issues and no fans and revenue drops, you know, two straight years or something, and they decide to uh, mutually opt out of the CBA and renegotiate it, uh, at least Davis knows that he's getting paid at least for the next five years guaranteed money. That's a really good point because I believe next year, it would, after this season, Davis would have qualified for 35%. Is that correct? Uh, he is at uh, nine eight years? years experience now. So this year would be nine and then it would be 10. So um, he would have had to go at least uh, this year plus one more year to get to the uh, 10 years experience. So you're right. Why wait? Why, why go? Yeah. I mean, I understand why you would have waited. A lot of players have done that in the past, but you're right. There's too many unknowns because that if they rip that CBA up, it probably means some of the the players' percentages are going to shift to the owners. That's probably just what happens here because of the revenue loss. That's the the owners have so much leverage to be able to say, "Hey, we need a little bit more of the pie for the next five years because we, we you know we took it on <laughs> we took it on the ass here for eighteen to twenty four months." And we did our best to pay you. We're, we're going to continue to do that. Look at, look at the salaries that are out there. That's another problem. I mean, these salaries are so big. I don't know how the players leverage themselves now going forward. And, 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 and I, that's a great point. And I think that it, it translates to Giannis as well. I mean, yeah. it, just sign the thing, the, right? Just sign the thing, get your, get the money. And he may be thinking that now yeah. of, all right, I'm just going to do this full max and lock into that guaranteed money. And if I need to be moved, we just saw a giant trade of $40 million. Yeah, let's, let's transition we'll right to. to it. You're right, Scott. Sign the money. If you hate if you hate it, get on Twitter and say you hate it, and you'll get traded in, in six weeks. That's kind of which, which it's going to happen. Yeah, which, which is outside of, from everything I understand about Giannis, it's, that's everything outside of his personality. He's extremely yeah. um, loyal to who he's with and it sounds like he's going to be loyal to the box, but it, it, if it gets to that point, we've seen the John wall, Russell Westbrook trade last night. We saw Chris Paul get moved to Phoenix. Mm -hmm. We're, you know, James Harden could be the next one to fall and, you know, Al for a draft guys. pick. I mean, everything's exactly. movable. So he just needs to lock in, get that maximum super max money that he can get. And, you know, if he gets moved, he gets moved. And yeah, but whoever, even, whatever even if it's your point is valid and he's not the kind of business guy that wants to go out there and put his put it, you know, say basically complain to say, hey, you know, this this team can't win. I got to get out of here. If he's not that guy, the trade off is you're on a pretty good team and make two hundred twenty eight million dollars. That's pretty darn good. Yep. <laughs> um, all yeah, right. Exactly. So so you're saying Giannis to the Lakers probably dead now because of this max for, for AD. I would think so, yeah. unless they unless they acquire some players that are tradable um, in a in a matching salary situation. But I mean, outright cap space is is completely gone because you know there's they're not going to have any at this point with the what's on the books for 2021. So let me ask you this, because they've been so quiet this this off season, and I know you and I both love them, but. Also know they're probably a piece away. Is Mark Cuban waking up right now? 
and pouring himself a gigantic cup of coffee. And, and is he about to make a massive offer to Milwaukee? Because I think that has to happen. I, I at least want to know that it happened, that it's Porzingis and <laughs> three firsts. You know what I mean? Or something, something to that effect. I, I want to know that he's – because now if the Lakers are out, and he knows the Lakers are out, he is now probably the third best Western Conference team in terms of Giannis ability, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the Clippers make a ton of sense. If you can somehow make Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Giannis happen, that's obviously the best case scenario. But Luca and Luca and Giannis with a couple of shooters is just as good, in my opinion. So I'm hoping that Cuban is now sitting at his desk, knowing the Lakers are out and saying, it's my turn to make a move, because I think that's going to be good for basketball. Just to know that he tried. Milwaukee may not bite, but you got to try, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, if you don't ask, you're, you're never going to know the answer. So in, in his case, yeah, you got to ask. The, the thing that's going to get caught up in something like that potentially would be um, Perzingis has surgery. He's not going to be playing for the beginning of the season. So passing a physical may not unless they waive the physical and, and all that stuff. And we've, we know he's had issues already with injuries in the past. So, and if Giannis um, signs, it's a full calendar year, correct? Before he can be traded. Yeah. It sounds like a full calendar year or depending on when the new actual 2021 season starts, sure. I, I think it's going to be whichever one it happens first. Um, but for all intents and purposes, yeah, we're talking one year. So that'll be less interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, what, what, you know, we've talked about this before. Teams are sort of dragging their feet, waiting to see what he does. Miami, we've talked about. Yeah. Um, you know, they signed Bam Adebayo to his extension. They, they can still make it work to, to, you know, acquire a Giannis, but they'd have to get, uh, get fancy with the money and, probably moving some assets that they may not want to move some of those young kids. Uh, but the fact that he hasn't signed this and, and people from that I follow and listen to, they were saying this was all but done like uh, a week or two ago. And he just had to put the pen to the paper sure. and it still hasn't happened. And maybe I that does mean somebody's at least making the offer. Maybe it means someone's making the offer. Maybe Giannis was playing in a way chicken with, AD and you know LeBron just said forget it and yeah. AD said forget it and let's just move on and and tell our fan base and the ownership that we're moving forward regardless and, and we're here for the long haul um it's probably a little bit everything because we know players talk um they're working <laughs> out with each other and I know Giannis was over in Greece for a bit based on you know his his feed and and what people have been reporting and now I believe he's back in the states so maybe maybe the signing ends up happening you know today or tomorrow or maybe it doesn't happen until December 21st when the deadline is it's just a waiting game at this point that's the that's what kind of deadline his extension deadline okay yep that every December player has their own based on previous contract signings is that how that works uh, any of the rookie extensions or any extension eligible players have until December 21st. That's their deadline because the uh, 
regular season starts on December 22nd. So all those extensions. Okay. So there you go. So maybe the NBA has basically just said, listen, you got to slow play this thing for us. <laughs> we we got to generate some news for the next 18 days. You know, we know it's going to happen, but let's just keep it interesting for a couple of weeks. Right. I'm Adam Silver is not a dumb guy. <laughs> not at He's all. He's not a dumb guy. I, I mean, well, you heard my tweet last night, right? I, I mean, they completely destroyed the NFL's Wednesday afternoon oh, game. I know. With, with, and now they're destroying Thursday morning with AD. I mean, they, these, they, these guys and gals in the NBA know what they're doing. I mean, they are well, calculated media marketing people. Yeah, well, and that's a great point because we had the LeBron extension. Yeah. And then a few hours after the... December 22nd, December 23rd, and Christmas Day games were all, you know, reset, uh, put out. Yeah. The 22nd and 23rd games were pushed out to know those. So they dropped that, and then two hours later, you get the massive trade. So, you know, th- they're, they're dominating the headlines right now. They're keeping everything in the front of everyone's minds. And now waking up this morning, uh, you get this AD, uh, Woj sure. bomb, and – you know, that's going to be talked about. And, and just like we're talking about what's next for Giannis, it's just going to keep going as, you know, these different players sign or extensions happen. And so, yeah, we'll see how long it drags out. Not a boring league. All right, let's get to the finish here. Russ Westbrook for John Wall. This was the trade that was proposed a couple of weeks ago, at least in terms of the media. Um, it's here. You're kind of in the D.C. area. What's the vibe? I imagine it's positive. I mean, you moved on from John Wall, a guy who's been just destroying your salary cap for two years now as an injured player. You give up the first. Who cares, right? Who cares for right now? But it's a 2023rd first, which can translate to, you know, it conveys the 24, 25, 26. If it, if it doesn't convey what kind of protections, I haven't seen him. Uh, 2023 is a lottery protection. Then it conveys to uh, 2024 top 15 and then or top 12, and then it cascades down from there. Um, I, the vibe that I'm getting is is good from what I've read and, and seen in the DC area here. Um, you know, it's an upgrade like we talked about from the injury standpoint. Russell is. Um, is is more stable from the health standpoint, whereas John Wall has had all the issues that he's had. Um, it gives a shot of energy into a team that has sort of become, you know, fourth fiddle in D.C. And, and Westbrook is going to Washington, which has Scott Brooks, so they have a history together. Nice point. Uh, so th- there's that 2023 first could be interesting depending on where Washington is in, in I, I just got to tell you, I'm, I'm like, maybe I know we just had a weird draft and we've had a couple of weird drafts, but even last year, right. It was ball pumped up with Zion and Barrett. And I don't know if any of those guys are worth a damn. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm devaluing first round picks right now in my head. Because I think that's it's happening. I, I, I don't know that there's any guarantees right now coming out of this draft. And we've said it. We've beat it to a dead horse. Youth doesn't win ever in the NBA. Ever, 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 ever. So, you know, you can put a couple of young guys with three experienced players and, and have a nice run, a la the Heat. But you're not just going to get a number one pick and win championships. So 
I'm completely fine with what Washington just did, and, and so is Vegas, by the way. Vegas has them ninth in the East right now. They weren't ninth yeah. yesterday. I'll tell you that right no. now. They just jumped Orlando and Charlotte and Chicago. Um, Orlando being the big one, Charlotte being the hilarious one, because Charlotte just spent so much damn money and effort to get better, and now Washington in one move, because of the salaries they had on the roster, because they had te- – contracts to move could now bring in an upgrade with a first round pick, which like I said, could be nothing could mean absolutely nothing to the franchise. So now Washington's a legit East contender in terms of playoffs. They've got to beat Atlanta and Indiana to get themselves into the postseason. According to Vegas, I'm fine with this move because Russ can go this, this Russ can now go cook, right? (laughs) If that's the, if that's the phrase of 2020, now you're letting Russ cook without a Harden. You know, you got a couple, you got a shooter. You got a big man. You got two. You got Bertans, two shooters. That's so right. you have two, you have two shooters. Right. You brought in Lope. You brought in Lopez to That's be right. your big man with Thomas Bryant. You had those young kids that um And your point about the coach is is underrated. His time in OKC with Scott Brooks worked out. That was that it was a, that was a marriage that worked. So Russ needs to kind of collect himself a little bit here. And this is a really good landing spot for him. That's a good point by you. Um, and, and they also draft, they, they drafted decently in these last few um, uh, years here. They got the uh, Rui Hachimera power forward. So you got another big guy who's sure. going to come into his second year here. They, they drafted uh, the international kid this year. So I think they, they're putting together a team. By the that way, your explanation compete. of draft picks right there is exactly what I mean. About first round picks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, and, and yeah, I that, that guy, I think, that other guy with that last name. Yeah. Yeah. Let's trade first round picks people. <laughs> I, I think, I, I think what'll be interesting is in, in 2023 is when, Westbrook could be off the books. Bradley Beal could potentially be off the books at that point. Sure. Um, and you may have high school kids in the draft. So that 2023 pick could be extremely interesting. Obviously, it's three years away from now, but it it could be very important depending on how everything, you know, domino effects in the next few years. And not to undersell the, the Houston side of this. Um, they get that first, whatever that means. They also get John Wall, who is not going to be able slash asked to do too much. Now, he's got superstar potential. We've seen flashes of that before his injuries, but because of Harden's ability to just take the ball and run an entire game, John Wall is not going to have to do. So, so, so Westbrook wanted to run the game. I'm not sure John Wall even wants to do that because of the fact that he is recovering from back to back to back injuries. And also I don't think he's got that mentality from what I remember with him. He's not a take a game over kind of guy. He's more of a every, every couple of nights he shows up and, and can be a monster. That's exactly what you need next to James Harden. Exactly. Like some nights, James Harden's just not going to have it. He's going to shoot, you know, 15% from three. And you need somebody else there who's just willing to say, all right, I'll take over tonight. Kind of LeBron and AD-ish. That's kind of how those two operated in 2019-20. It was, is it going to be your night or mine? Let's figure it out in the first quarter. And we run with that for the rest of the game. I can kind of see that marriage working. That's not Westbrook. (laughs) Westbrook does not have that ability. He is a rabbit in a cage 
that just needs to run around and bang off the, off the side walls. He's going to be able to do that now in Washington, and they're going to let him do that in Washington like they did in OKC. So I think both sides, from a player perspective, this works. But the money's ridiculous. I, I, <laughs> I mean, do you understand how much money was just moved yesterday, Scott, in total, in total contract? It's basically $130 million on each side, of the, uh, each side of the board. $260 million was moved yesterday, plus yeah. whatever the first-round pick is, is worth, $22, 23000000 million at, you know, in, in three years. So you're talking about legitimately $300 million-ish was moved yesterday in, in a three-person trade. That's where basketball money <laughs> is right now. It's so oh, stupid. Well, that's why, that's why I was saying earlier, you know, Giannis at this point sign the deal because you may get moved anyways it, 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 if they see uh, a trajectory that Milwaukee sure. just needs to restart or whatever these these contracts are just getting moved and I was because thinking they're about so this, high the matching I, is easier because we follow all the sports I was trying to think about because basketball is just like no other I mean I've said it a bunch of times here so it, what's Westbrook like the 12th best player in the league right now is that I, I mean without really looking at lists or whatever is that about right I don't think he's top 10 anymore. Is he right outside that top 10? Yeah, probably top 12-ish, I could say. So who is that in the NFL? Like, who's the 12th best player in the NFL? Is it like Aaron Rodgers, or is that is he is that a bad example? <laughs> he's probably a bad example. He's probably too uh, high? It, yeah, I think Rodgers is probably higher than 12. Sorry, um, Packers fans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, give me a name. I don't know. Who, who, who is this like trading in the NFL? Because it's, it just never happens. Never. You know? I, I mean, can, can you give me somebody like that? Uh, let's say. Jai, is it Josh Matt, Allen? Matt, no, but he's not Matt, paid. Matt Stafford? Matt Stafford? Stafford? Nah, Stafford's not 12. No. Maybe the 12th Rivers? best quarterback. No way. No. no, now we're going Von, backwards here. Von Miller? That's better without the injury. That's better. But Russ is a big offensive player. I'm trying to think. I guess it's kind of like Julio. Sure. Let's say Julio. It's like right. Julio Jones getting traded. It just we tried to make it happen at the deadline. It, it they wouldn't do it, right? But I guess that's what this would be like. We just don't get that in the NFL. Maybe it's like Matt Ryan. Yeah, uh, more so because the quarterback high high high, high caps. caliber there yeah. high capped. We just don't see it. I wish you did. No. Different sports. No, and though. you know what I was. It, it is. And I was thinking about this last night after the trade happened. Uh, and I was, you know, because I, I've I've said this with the NBA, with, you know, all their rules and all their you know intricacies that they have going on. And it's so confusing to the layman to try to follow. But you know what? The way their structure yeah. is, it it forces the generation of the trades to happen and the player movement because it also helps the teams be- figure it out and and us because think about think about this you you say you want to trade Matt Ryan we have absolutely no idea what that means is that a first and a second is that a first a second a sixth and a seventh it's just a guessing game and we've got to well, use these ridiculous draft you know trade boards to kind of figure out what what the last 35-year-old quarterback was traded for. Well, maybe that doesn't happen for the next 18 years. You're right. Because the and NBA says my- it's got to be $40 million on the left and $40 million on the right. We have a starting point. We have a mathematical well, starting point. There's, that's, maybe that's what the NFL is missing. That's a great point, Scott. Well, and you sort of made my point there, too. You just listed off all 
draft picks. <laughs> yeah. There is no player, player to for, player. Player for player for player is extremely rare in 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 the NFL. We see it more in baseball because you want to trade for the prospects, not necessarily the draft picks. So um, but there is still a skew because you could trade Mookie Betts for, you know, three prospects that make <laughs> chump change and, and it works. The NFL, their system actually is it, it kind of ingenious because it forces you to have to move Russell Westbrook for John Wall. And then you get that player movement. You, you know, the sign and trades that happened, you're, you're signing a, a player to another team because they're a free agent, but you know, you may, if they're above the cap, they have to send some players back. So it it forces the ability for players to have to move instead of it being skewed where you're just sending Russell Westbrook to a team for, 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 for first round draft picks. And subsequently with the NBA, you can't send a 2021, a 2022, a 2023, and a 2024 draft first round draft pick. They have to be staggered. They're Every not other allowed back to back like that. With the NFL, it's back to back, and you know, it, it it is a system that works for the NBA. And we're we're talking about them. We talk about these trades, and and it works for them. And we talk about the NFL and the fact that they rarely have trades and if they do it's for a a player and you get like you said one two three draft picks back and and it it dominates the headlines for 10 minutes and then we're on to something else this john wall and russell westbrook trade is going to be talked about the entire season because everyone's going to see how it's going to play out it's really interesting it is deshaun watson by the way that's the name i want because yes, because it's actually right. a possibility. He could force himself out of Houston right now in that dumpster fire yep. of a situation. And I think he'd be worth like three firsts and players. Legitimately. He's signed for six more years. You know what I mean? Like yes. you have to give up legitimate pro players plus draft picks to get him out of there. That's an NBA trade. That would be an NBA trade. Let's do it. Let's push for it. Let's talk about it every single show until it happens. All right. All right, All right good it. stuff from the NBA today. Uh, Giannis will not be a Laker, according to Scott. You can at Scott on Twitter for <laughs> that. Because um, certainly, you know, whenever we say something's not going to happen, it ends up happening. But everybody's tradable. Let's just put hey, it that uh, way. Re- re- real quick, do you have the odds for Houston? Did they drop? Oh, good, good point. Western Conference Championship Odds. Houston is ninth. So Washington and Houston are both ninth in their division now or in their conference. Excuse me. So I think they probably had dropped because I think ninth, we had Portland around there last po- last Portland is now eighth. So Phoenix and Portland are now ahead of Houston oh, wow. in the Western conference, according to right. FanDuel Sportsbook. And okay. New Orleans is creeping up. So if New Orleans takes Harden, like we want it to happen, <laughs> though it's not going to happen now. Um, Wait, does Harden stay? How do we not talk about this? Does that mean Harden stays? You know what? I don't know. I, I, all right. If I have to say, I think they're going to wait. They don't have to move Harden. I think they had to move one or the other. And I think they're more committed to Harden than, than Westbrook because they've had him longer. I think they're going to play this out and sure. see how him and John Wall. Uh, the second Wall gets hurt, you trade Harden, right? <laughs> 
Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> because if, if at that point you want to tank, then you're, you're going to tank hard. Um, and you, you want to see where things are at the deadline. Um, but yeah, I, I think they will start the season with both of them on the roster and I could be wrong in 24 hours when James Harden's traded to the Nets or wherever he's going to go anyways. But um, I'm going to say he's going to be on the roster starting the season. I like it. Good stuff, Scott. Okay. Uh, my thanks. thanks to The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash track. Get yourself 40% off. They are certainly talking about this, right? MLB non-tenders, NBA extensions. What's, what to think about the Lakers now for the next four years? And, of course, Westbrook for Wall. For Scott Allen, my name is Mike Gennetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spot Trek Podcast. <laughs>